You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Panther Nation? Welcome to the first episode of Locked On Pit, your daily podcast covering the Pit Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Nick Farabaugh here, and man, I'm excited to get this thing started. If you don't know me, you can follow me on Twitter at Nick underscore Farabaugh. I cover Pitt for Pittsburgh Sports Now. I'm a broadcaster for WPTS Radio, the student radio station, and I'm a production assistant at ACC Network. So I'm around Pitt pretty much every day. I cover all sports, and that is what we will do here on Locked on Pitt. We'll talk about football, basketball, recruiting, all that big stuff. However, we will also talk about Pitt's great soccer programs, their volleyball team, the wrestling team, and and all that jazz, baseball, softball, gymnastics. We'll talk about everything here on Locked on Pitt. And coming up here on your inaugural episode, how did Pitt just look on that gridiron? Did that offense show a few cracks against UMass that you should be concerned for this Saturday against Tennessee? And speaking of Tennessee, Pat Narduzzi did preview them earlier this week. Exactly what can we learn from that press conference? What's Pitt going to do this Saturday against the Vols? And then we'll go off the football field over to the pitch. Jay Vitovich's men's soccer team is struggling? What's going on there with Pitt's men's soccer team? All that and more coming up on Locked on Pitt. All right, let's start the first episode of Locked On Pit by going to the gridiron. But before we do that, let's head up a level to the NFL. The NFL season obviously is about to begin, and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. From August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team in every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason Lockenfora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Audacity app or wherever you get your podcasts to tune in starting August 30th. Now let's get to the gridiron. Obviously, Pitt did beat UMass very handily, 51-7. It was really a cruise control game. I mean, Pitt looked great on both sides of the ball. The defense was very, very stifling. We don't need to talk too much about the defense. I think kind of knowing what that defense brings, you just know you know there's going to be some big plays. It's just the scheme. Rashad Battle kind of struggled. It, it, there, there's some things you can take, but I think the offense is much more interesting because I think you look at that offense and you saw some really good things and then you saw some really bad things. Most importantly, I think Kenny Pickett looks sharp. I don't think you could expect any less. He's a very good football player. He looks smart. He's accurate. The explosive plays were there in numbers. Uh, I thought that was perhaps the most encouraging thing for the Panthers. The explosive plays, Jalen Barden, I think is going to be a really, really big force for this football team this year, both as a kick returner, as we saw, and as a deep threat for this team. He's kind of something this team just hasn't had, but this team looks like they want to push the ball vertically more, be more explosive. Pitt needs to be more explosive. Last year, they were a team that tried to just grind out drives and sustain them, and listen, I mean, that's great and all, but it's just not often sustainable over a large quantity of games. And I think that's probably one of the more underrated reasons why Pitt 
kind of falter down in into the depths there with Pickett out and you know yelling there. They just had no no pulse and even in games with Pickett in there at times, they just didn't have explosive plays. And I think when you saw explosive plays is when Pitt is at their best because explosive plays create easier scoring drives. And I think that's very encouraging. Lucas Kroll is very encouraging. He's probably the best tight end Pitt's had since Scott Orndoff. That look, that that tight end duo of him and Gavin Bartholomew. I mean, let's talk about this. Pitt's tight end room has been nothing short of a black hole. Nakia Griffin-Stewart, Will Gragg, you know, a a ton of guys that have just kind of come through the ringer, and none none of them have seemed to stick in what is Mark Whipple's tight end heavy offense. These are guys that should be getting big-time buzz. I mean, really, it's an offense designed for the tight end to be a big playmaker, and Pitt just has not had They've had a few decent games here and there, but nothing. Nothing like what we saw from Lucas Crow, and frankly, almost nothing of what we've seen from Gavin Bartholomew. I thought Bartholomew looked very good. You could just tell, even against UMax, that's a mature freshman who looks ready to play right away. I think they can utilize some two tight end sets this year with those two. Crow's a mismatch with his height and his athleticism. He's a better blocker than he's given credit for, and he and Kenny Pickett seem to be having a really, really nice connection there. I really like what we saw out of those tight ends. The, the, the drops were obviously something that I think, when you just look at, at what they do, I mean, Brennan Marion coming in, using the chart to try and fix them. The Taysir Mac drop was awful. That was an abundantly clear bad drop. But, I, you know, I think that when you look at this team, they've just never been able to fix the drops. And it's a baffling mystery to me. They have to clean that up. They cause you to miss things like that Taysier Mac touchdown. That was a big-time drop. That would have been six. Perfect throw by Pickett. A lot of bang-bang plays down the field where, you know, the, the guys just couldn't make the tough catches. It's not just, you know, dropping open balls. That's obviously something. I, I don't think Pitt, though, makes those tough combat catches nearly enough as well. So Pickett can't even be super comfortable when taking those one-on-one go shots unless he can see that separation. So I think that's something that Pitt's offense sorely needs and, and we need to see more of. And we didn't see enough of it against UMass. We didn't see those tough combat catches. We didn't see guys win those. We saw some separation there. We, we saw some guys get some solid separation. I thought that was encouraging because I thought that was an issue last year as well. But again, I don't think we saw a combat catch that, that really made you jump out of your seat. Now, the sloppiness is, is obvious. You know, the, the A.J. Davis fumble, that running back room is, is talented. A.J. Davis is only getting time because he's easily the best pass blocker in that, in that room. He probably will continue to get playing time as a result of that. But I think Izzy Abanikanda, I thought Rodney Hammond looked good. Vincent Davis looked good in his limited time. I, I feel like they are all pure talents. As pure talents, they are better than A.J. Davis. But again, A.J. Davis allows them to be comfortable and in, in a pass-heavy offense, which is what they seem to really be going after right now. I feel like that is also something that Pat Narduzzi is really taking into account. But I don't expect to see as much Davis this week as we saw of him you know, against UMass. I think that's going to change against Tennessee. Um, but, you know, I think the big thing, the O-line. I mean, listen, that offensive line, I thought – 
pleasantly I was pleasantly surprised with the offensive line. I, I think at times when you looked at them, they were, you know, maybe not getting as much push as you wanted. But again, it was a very solid game on the ground for this line. They got push. I saw Carter Warren put a few guys in the dirt. I love that aggressiveness from Carter Warren. We hadn't really seen a side of him, but it seems like it's been coaxed out this year. I, I really liked Marcus Miner. I thought he was a very solid. You know, but I think they were, they were very good in pass pro. I thought that was another big thing, that Kenny Pickett really didn't have much pressure in his face at all the entire game. So I thought that was very encouraging as well for the Panthers. This offensive line certainly has questions. They're run blocking. I, again, I don't know if it's stellar, but they had a good game against UMass. And, you know, Zuvovic and, and Gonsalves, obviously when they came in, they really started to turn it up. They really did. And that fourth and one sequence with Hammond, they weren't able to grind out the yard. I think that's something that people will, will look at as a failure and a, and a red flag, and I agree with that. But I don't think we can look over what they did the rest of the game as well and, and you know, just maul over that part and ignore the positives that, they were, that there were two in the running game because I think there were a lot of them. In terms of run blocking, this this O line looked decent. I will say that I'm I'm positively encouraged. I'm not gonna crown them yet, but I am encouraged at least by what I saw from that offensive line. And and you know I do think that when you look at what you need to take a bet on, taking a bet on a guy like Carter Warren right now who played really well. And you can take a bet on him right now because he did play well, but you also know you have a guy like Mac and Salvis behind him who can fill in and be more than fine if that bet fails. Speak coming up next, we will be talking a little bit about what did Pat Narduzzi say about Tennessee and the preview of what is going on there. Speaking of bets, you should head over to Bet online AG. That pit Tennessee line pits a three and a half point favorite as they head to Neyland Stadium this Saturday against Tennessee. Certainly a line that I did not expect. It's climbed, I think, from one right out of the gate. It steadily has climbed. It, the, the betters are, are liking they're they're liking pit a little bit here. And the Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. If you want to dare take a shot on betting on Pitt there to beat and cover the spread against Tennessee this Saturday, head over there. Be sure to take advantage of their opening a super promo. Make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, season opener between the season Super Bowl champion. Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, and if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using a promo code NFL100 from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers for the 2021 season. Introducing Stat Hero, it's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head to head fantasy matchup. You name the stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You are in total control. Stat Hero is DFS. The way it was meant to be 
one-on-one. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, stathero.com slash locked on. Right, Panther Nation, let's talk a little bit about what Pat Narduzzi said at his press conference earlier this week, what we can take from that a little bit here. I think, you know, Pat Narduzzi certainly ruffled some feathers already in typical Pat Narduzzi fashion, saying, hey, we aren't really scared of Neyland Stadium. Our guys have dealt with hostile environments, and so far it hasn't been a problem for us. That's kind of the whole thing about Pat Narduzzi, and, and listen, Vols fans are a little bit taken aback by it. It kind of has that tinge of arrogance, if you will, that Pat Narduzzi has in, in almost all of his press conferences. And listen, it'll rub people the wrong way. Hey, it's rub people the wrong way in Pittsburgh, let alone Knoxville. But listen, he, I don't know what else he's supposed to say in regards to that comment. You know, I feel like when you look at what he brings to the table on that, he's got to show confidence in his team. His team has to be able to handle hostile environments. They have to be able to communicate well. Otherwise, it's a failure on him. It's a failure on the coaching staff. Listen, they practice with crowd noise. Yeah, it might not be the same as going into a packed Neyland Stadium, but they simulated stuff like this. You have to deal with that. It's not going to be the last hostile environment. I mean, they're going to go to Blacksburg later this year. So listen, they're going to have to deal with that, and, and I think that's just, frankly... Pat Narduzzi saying what he thinks, and, and I think it's really a non-story. So I'm not sure why too many people are getting upset about that other than maybe the tinge of arrogance that Narduzzi has on that. But the Johnny Majors classic, if you will, here. Jack Sherrill's going to be there. A lot of familiarity, though, and I feel like that's something that Pat Narduzzi did highlight. And it's something that I'm very interested to see how it manifests itself. Josh Heupel... First-year coach there at Tennessee, Narduzzi and him have a lot of experience with t- together because obviously the UCF matchups that Pitt had recently with Hypo, and he specifically mentioned Narduzzi did the Pitt special, so they're going to be prepared for that. The personnel is a little different for, obviously, both teams. Pitt's overturned some of their roster. Tennessee's a completely new roster, obviously, but the schemes, the strategies... All that, it's it's a very interesting matchup because Pitt and Tennessee on paper, these two teams haven't played in a while, but really it's it's a matchup more of familiarity than you would think. So this one's going to be very different. That's going to be a very, very interesting thing. The tempo that they run at Tennessee, the zone runs, the vertical shots, we're going to see a lot of that stuff. RPOs, there's going to be a lot. It's kind of going to be on Joe Milton. But I think that that familiarity is something that's very interesting here to kind of dissect. And and when you look at it overall, it gives Pitt a bit of of an advantage here because they're not going up against an entirely new system. They kind of know what to expect a little bit here. Now, Now, I do think that other things you take from, first of all, the fact that he did say, 
Rashad Battle was a little bit down on against UMass, specifically that. You know, he praised Damari, he praised a few of these guys. And I think that that's key because, again, I, I you know, he's he's got a rotation there with Eric Hallett at that free safety spot, in my opinion, the hardest position to play in the Narduzzi defense. How much do we see of Rashad Battle? He kind of seems like the odd man out. You know, MJ Devonshire played well. Marquez Williams played well. A.J. Woods played well. Obviously, Damari Mathis did his thing. Eric Hallett had the forced fumble. He played well. I don't know how much we see of Rashad Battle after where he really struggled. And he's got potential, man. But listen, you're four deep at corner. Devin Jair can play free safety, too. And Hallett looked real good. I can't see much of Rashad Battle. And I think that's going to be changed. That was a rotation, if you will, a third scrimmage, as Pat Narduzzi described it. It was almost like a third scrimmage. They were kind of feel, feeling things out. What works, what doesn't work. Kind of what what is this? And, and more importantly, I think when you look at that, it's just, hey, we come out and we're going to play our best players. And I also think that's the situation at running back here. You know, A.J. Davis, I mean, there's going to be obvious stuff in the rotation. And Narduzzi straight up said he'd like to have the rotation. So that's going to be something that's not going to change. But but I would specifically think that A.J. Davis would lose some time. I think Izzy and Vincent Davis are going to get more time. I don't know how much we're going to see of Rodney Hammond. But I do believe that maybe this is the game that they unleash Izzy Abanikanda. It would make sense to talk them up all offseason. His pass pro's been better. He just looks like, man, he's got an NFL frame. I mean, this is a guy that just looks different than everyone in that backfield. He moves different. He's a good football player. And I, I think that they should really look to get him in there. And I do feel like the other thing, when you look at what he said here, a lot of it is just very mishmash stuff. But the O-line, they liked what the O-line had. Zubovich, Gonsalves, Minor, uh, Warren was praised. Drexel was praised, despite the snap. Obviously, that snap with Nick Patty, not what you wanted to see. But I thought otherwise, Drexel had a pretty solid debut as well there. Uh, being the replacement for Jimmy Morrissey at center. I think this is going to be a really, really good O-line rotation. And, and Zubovich is going to play a little bit, as, as we found out. And also, obviously, the other thing, big injuries. We don't really know what's going on with Deslin Alexander. Is he going to play? Is he not? Or do you say he might be a week away, but he doesn't completely know? They didn't have him last week. I don't think their pass rush suffered a ton of it. The the linebackers kind of picked up the slack. Patrician, Campbell, Denise, all those guys were great last week. But something to watch. That I think Alexander might be their best defensive end. So that's certainly someone you want to have going into a game like Tennessee. But if they're without Des Alexander, I do think that's a big blow. Despite having Haba, Dayon Hayes, and you know oh, John Morgan, I mean, there's just so much talent in that room. They just turn him out like it's nothing now with Charlie Partridge in the wizardry he's done. But I do think Des Alexander gives him a little bit something more, some guy that might have an element to his game that allows him to take it over, similar to what you see with Collage Cansey. I think Des Alexander kind of has that. He kind of has that X factor. So so we'll see if he can play um, a little bit this week, maybe in a rotational role. But I do find it 
very interesting that we look at that room and we don't really know what we're going to get from Des Alexander and kind of what the rotation is going to be there. So that defensive end is definitely going to be a big part of what they do this week. And Alexander, certainly a huge part of Coming this. Up next, we will talk about what in the world is going on with Pitt men's soccer. Why in the world have they dropped two games to two MAC opponents? And what can they do to fix it? Now, listen, anytime I watch men's soccer, it doesn't matter how they perform. It makes me feel more out of shape than I already am. Check out Built Bar, a tasty and healthy protein bar. Anything you want in this bar, they've got it. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Man, they've got so many different flavors from coconut to cherry to raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, peanut butter, brownie. Built Bar is healthy and it can maybe help you get a little bit closer to what Valentino Noel and Jasper Lawson look like out there on the pitch. For the offer, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, let's get to it. What in the world is going on with the Pitt men's soccer program? They lose 2-1 to West Virginia in Morgantown, and then they lose 2-1 to Akron at Akron as well. Two road games in hostile environments that Jay Vitovich's team just could not rise to the test. Two ranked losses now for the Panthers as well. On top of that, I mean, listen, this was a team that went to the College Cup last year. Returned everybody pretty much but Bryce Washington. This is a team that has everyone back. I mean, it's it's not like it's some crazy different team. I mean, it's pretty much the same team. And they're essentially just trying to figure out new roles now. There's been, you know, a shuffling at, at the the wings. Sometimes Dexter's in. Sometimes it's Jacqueson. Then more. I mean... Listen, I don't know if they like Mort's versatility more, if they think Jacqueson is better on that left side there, where Dexter obviously mans the left side whenever he's out there, and they work through him almost all the time, and he's a very productive winger. And that's the thing when you look at Dexter is he's pretty much one-sided. You're not going to flip him. And it's okay because of what he brings. He brings speed. He's got great ball-pressing ability to create opportunities in the box. He's a guy that just creates opportunities offensively, and it's why they work through him so much up that left side uh, when he is out there. And, I mean, is is that kind of the thing? Is, is the rotation there an issue? I mean, there are so many questions to just... I mean, Caputhano's sweeper-keeper style has gotten them in trouble a little bit, but Nico Caputhano is is a very solid goalie. The sweeper-keeper style is naturally going to get you some of those plays where, you know, oh, man, why is he thinking? 
But that's kind of the nature of it. It's a high risk, high reward type of type of style because you also can cut off scoring opportunities as a sweeper keeper. And we've seen that multiple times with Nico Campuzano. So what is it? I mean, Loffelson has been masterful. Valentin Noel has been virtually invisible. They really haven't gotten much production from Noel. And they haven't gotten much production up through the middle of that offense either. In in terms of just, you know, it's Petkovic has had a great start to this season so far. But, you know, I mean, there's just not been a ton of action there with, with the midfielders. And Noel has really kind of fallen down the the hierarchy, it almost seems like. So is it just getting their, you know, midfielders more opportunities? Is it getting Noel involved more? What in the world is going on here? I think the defensive lapses are certainly evident. And it's not just, you know, that they lost Bryce Washington. I mean... Mohamed Abunati has has been probably the second best defenseman on the team so far through two, through these games. Obviously, Lovelson has carried the load because of what he does at, uh, at his position. But man, I think Ordonez has struggled. He's left some very suspect plays happening in through the zone. Cito Senya hasn't really shown out when he's been on there. I mean. I think Crivello has been solid as well. Bit more of an he's got that offensive push as well, but I you know that they're very prone to having bad turnovers. This just doesn't look like the energized team we saw last year. It doesn't look like they feel like they have much to prove. It doesn't look like a team that has anything to really go off of again. It looks like a team that's almost dead. And I hate saying that, but there's a lot to that. And they don't. They didn't even look particularly impressive against Lehigh. And that's the thing. I don't know what it is. I thought Rodrigo Almeida has really impressed. You know, they dropped from three to fifteen. I, I think rightfully so. It, it's it's whatever. I mean, they are a very talented group. And I think when you look at what they have to do, they have to switch around the lineups a little bit. I think Guillermo Feitosa has looked good when he's been in there. He's been a little bit of a spark plug. Petkovic has been great so far as well. Waffleson's playing his usual ball, but I feel like they have to figure out what to do with the defense with the defenseman because again, I think they've struggled there. Maybe there's a rotation they have to use. Get some younger guys in there. I think maybe get now made a little bit more playing time. I thought he's been a great creator of opportunities, uh, and I think you know. Frankly, I think they might need to, you know, start Jacasone on the right and then maybe start Dexter on the left. I know they really have avoided putting Dexter and Jacasone on the field together at the same time. I don't get that completely from Jay Vidovich. I think they're very talented still. And the good news is they're very early in the season. So Pitt has a chance here to where they can get things back and sorted and play with these lineups and do this and and come up with the solutions, but they have to work through some rotations here, and they just look sloppy. Too many turnovers. They've been giving up too much penetration in the offensive zone to even Lehigh, and Duquesne had a few chances as well in that game. A lot of sloppy defense. It's not team-oriented as much. Letting too many cutters into the box. 
it's been a team that just looks disorganized. They look unfocused, and they right, really folks, just don't look like their usual selves. The this is a completely different team tomorrow. than we what we saw a little bit about in the big advantage I think the Panthers had. The Defensively, college. they could allow them to expose Joe Milton and Josh Heupel's offense for the Volunteers, but we'll also talk about how the Tennessee defense could potentially give Kenny Pickett, Mark Whipple, Jordan Addison, and all those guys on offense a little bit of trouble. We'll talk about that on Friday, and on Friday as well, I'll give you my picks keys to victory, and all that good stuff on how Pitt can overcome the Smash Mouth Volunteers team. As well, we will stay on the pitch and talk a little bit about Randy Waldrum's group tomorrow. What can we learn from their 1-0 loss to TCU on Sunday? How legit is this group? How far can they go in a loaded ACC conference? And of course, we will not forget about volleyball. They are undefeated coming back from Knoxville. They've won a lot of ranked games already this year, and they have another big one coming up against BYU at the Fitzgerald Fieldhouse on Friday. Can they really win the national championship this year after an Elite Eight appearance last year? That and more coming up later this week on Locked on Pit. But while you're here, make sure to check out the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get money, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. If you want to check out what I do, follow me at Nick underscore Fairball. I'll be tweeting pit stealers, whatever, all the stuff in between that you get here. Peace out, Panther Nation.